Welcome back to our I Was an NEC Student Athlete 40th Anniversary Series. All year long, we're celebrating the NEC's 40th birthday. We'll spend much of the academic year reconnecting with alumni from across all sports and all eras of the conference's history. Joining us now is a former All-American football player, Bryant running back, Jordan Brown. Jordan, welcome in. It's a pleasure to speak with you today. Um, it's been almost 10 years uh, since you put the helmet on for Bryant University. And we will talk about your time at Bryant. We'll revisit that remarkable career of yours. But first, can you tell us what are you up to now? <laughs> well, first of all, uh, thank you to the NEC. Thank you, Ralph, for having me on here. Um, it's a pleasure and an honor on top of that. Um, but so far, man, I've been, I've been grinding. Um, I've been in Texas. I feel like I've been all over the world. Um, I'm currently in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, I've just started a new job over at Drizzly, which is the alcohol uh, delivery company. Um, so I'm sure everybody has probably taken advantage of that uh, throughout this COVID-19 times. Um, but also just staying in shape. Uh, you never know when your name get called. Uh, I know that window is slowly, slowly closing, but um, I'm still, uh, especially around this time with it being football season, I'm addicted to it. My body knows uh, it's football season um, and I, I want to get out there every day. Um, I unfortunately, the NEC uh, decided to postpone play until the spring. Um, I actually just had a conversation with all of the Bryan University student athletes not too long ago about that. Um, but at the end of the day, we're still having a chance to play. It's not, it's not like it's been fully canceled. Um, so I honestly, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait and I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I, still, I see you're still uh, rocking the Bryant. Always. The officially licensed uh, Bryant apparel. Yep, you see the jersey um, right there. All right, so we're here, man. Number six behind your head there. Yes, it the is. Legendary number six. <laughs> 2011 Offensive Player of the Year in the Northeast Conference and an All-American. Now, once you graduated in 2012, mm -hmm. uh, you went on uh, to compete further at the professional level. Can you just talk about um, what you've done from graduation up until now, you mentioned you're working for Drizzly, um, but that's a big time in between. Yeah. Uh, what has been the, the journey of Jordan Brown um, since you graduated from Bryant? Absolutely. Well, it, uh, it definitely was a, a, a dream chasing type of uh, journey. Um, I went down to Texas, um, had an opportunity to go play in Dallas or go overseas and play um, in France. Um, and the coach in France said, if you want to have your family, you want to have your girlfriend, you want to have a, just anybody, all your loved ones come and see you play, this is not the place for it. You'll be all alone, be by yourself, which I have no problem with, but I did feel like I'm, I'm reaching a new step uh, in my career and I wanted uh, all my loved ones to be able to, to uh, share that moment with me. So I decided to take my talents down to Texas. Um, I met uh, with the head coach, um, a guy by the name of Chris Williams, um, down in Dallas, uh, playing for the Texas Revolution. Uh, they saw my highlight tape on YouTube, ironically, and reached out. Uh, so that's why you see these two jerseys right here, uh, the 22 jerseys. Um, that was my new number that I rocked for about six years, ironically, um, playing. 
um, which was an excellent time. I met a lot of great people, um, great coaches, uh, played for a lot of, and you know, Texas, Texas is the Mecca of football. Um, I felt like if I'm going to take my talent and see how good I was, uh, I think that was the best place I could go. Um, we ended up winning a couple championships down there, um, scored many a touchdowns, uh, got a couple of records down there as well. Um, but at the end of the day, um, it was definitely an opportunity, an eye-opening experience. Um, I wish I could, could play forever, um, to be honest with you. Uh, simultaneously, I was actually, you know, working on Plan B, as my dad always said. Um, I was in sales. I took my degree in marketing, sports concentration, and turned it into a sales career, which I've been doing for about 10 years now, which is awesome. I'm uh, very blessed to say that as well. Um, on top of that, doing football and sales um, is, a, is a grind. Um, I would wake up at around 5.30, in the, oh, actually 4.30 in the morning, be on the field by 5. Uh, we would practice till about 7, 7.30. Then I would rush home. Thank God I live right around the corner from our practice facility. Uh, then I would shower and then go straight to the job and put eight, nine hours in. I did that for six years straight. So um, was working for a couple other companies down there, one called CDW. Uh, I was an account manager there for about four years. Um, and then from there, I went to a company called Crossover, uh, which was the video breakdown software company. So a little bit more of a, a mixture of sports technology and just my love of technology in general. Combined it together, um, ended up working for them for about a year and a half or so. Um, and then once those two opportunities ended up dissolving and unfortunately um, our team ended up having to fold, uh, the opportunity to come back to the East Coast uh, presented itself and um, now I'm here. And obviously, um, with that said, one of the questions I had for you was, how important has football been in your life? And um, just listening to your previous answer to that other question is, football has been really important in your life. And it seems that it's something that you really enjoy. I mean, you're someone who, you're working a day job, but you're also making sacrifices so you can still play the game and yeah. still be connected. And mm -hmm. you weren't making millions of dollars uh, playing football down in Texas, but I'm sure it still was worthwhile and just a great experience to be able to put on the pads and compete um, in a game that I, I assume that, that you love and have loved since you've been growing up. Absolutely. Um, to elaborate on that, I mean, you hit the nail on the head on that, Ralph, but football – since the day I was born, um, since the day my parents decided to put me into it, I mean, my first sport I played was soccer, and my dad said after the first couple of games, you're too physical for this sport. Uh, we got to get some pads on you. Um, but football has definitely taught me a lot. Um, I think it's the number one sport that teaches a lot of life lessons outside of the actual game um, that you can apply uh, to your everyday life. Um, throughout my youth career, um, I used it as a platform to make friends. I used it as a platform to just find out a lot more about myself. Um, and then moving on into the high school ranks, um, it taught me a lot about perseverance and, and being disciplined and, and diligency. Um, I ended up getting uh, hurt my junior year. Not many people know this, but at least on the NEC level, but 
I ended up getting hurt my junior year. Um, I was going, and obviously we all know junior year, as far as a high school athlete is your most recruited. It's where you get a lot of interest. And uh, I was blessed enough to get a lot of interest from a lot of D1A schools. Um, and then ended up tearing my ACL, my MCL, my meniscus, um, which they call an unhappy triad. Um, and thanks to do, uh, Dr. Thomas Dugdale, um, Rich DeRosa and, and their staff, um, I was able to you know, work my way back, um, as well as working with my high school coach, uh, Pete Pfeffer. Uh, of course, shout out to my parents, um, my grandmother, especially. Um, she staying up with me watching 6am lingo messages, making sure I'm taking my medicine. But it's just, it was a one day at a time battle. Um, but football, it'll humble you. Um, I thought I was Superman. I thought I was, you know, on top of the world. And it humbled me real quickly. But it also came back and treated me very well at the same time because I respected the game. You always have to respect the game 100% of the time. Um, and that's one thing I learned throughout my whole career is staying in the moment, um, not to you know bring up basketball, but uh, Michael Jordan, the last dance um, documentary, he mentioned you know one thing that he did throughout his whole career was staying in the moment. And I, I felt like I did that. Now, now I know I'm not comparing myself to Michael Jordan at all, but when he said that it really resonated in my mind i looked at it in my career and how my career started where it started to peak where it came down and where it started to come back up again and like i mean there's not many people that can say that they are in their school's hall of fame and you were inducted into the bryant university athletics hall of fame uh, last year mm -hmm. uh, quick question for you with your name being jordan were you mm -hmm. always a michael jordan fan Oh, that's a good question. Yes, I was. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't old enough to really appreciate his talent. Uh, of course, thank God for YouTube and, you know, social media nowadays where you can go back and actually watch. But um, I like to say that having part of his name gave me a little bit of magic. Um, you saw on the field some of the things I was able to do. Um, I, even to this day, I look at some of the plays. I'm like, wow, I actually did that. But it's, uh, it's definitely a blessing. It's an honor. Um, and I'm Trust me, I wish I could do it all over again. We'll talk about what you accomplished on the field at Bryant in just a little bit, but I want to get into the process of how you wound up at Bryant. You mentioned yeah. the high school injury. I know mm -hmm. you're from Glastonbury, Connecticut, mm -hmm. uh, up there in New England, but uh, you were obviously uh, highly recruited, but then folks backed off. Once you had the devastating knee injury, junior year of high school, um, what transpired from there? And how did you wind up at Bryant University, um, which only a few years prior was a Division II school? Um, you committed to a school that was transitioning into the Division I ranks. And because of that NCAA reclassification process, you weren't eligible for the FCS playoffs. Uh, you did work in and play a full FCS schedule and a full NEC schedule. Actually, that one season, that, that offensive player of the year season, uh, you were 7-4 and four overall, had a winning 5-3 and three record in the conference. We'll talk about all that stuff later, but basically you committed to a school that was reclassifying um, – you committed to a school that was trying to make a name for itself uh, in football at the Division One level. Um, so basically, just 
that whole process of finding your college and then signing up to play at Bryant? Yeah, I, I mean, it was such a process. Um, like I said, I mean, coming out of high school, uh, not even that, my Bryant University experience started in seventh grade. Um, I went to offense defense camp with uh, one of my best friends from high school, um, my man, RJ DeRosa, and then um, my other man, uh, Alex Clark, uh, who was actually the uh, quarterback over at East Harvard, our crosstown rivals. But we ended up going to uh, Bryant together um, and looking around and just seeing like, you know, the facilities. And we always used to say, if, if Texas, Georgia, USC doesn't come calling, I'll come here. And I mean, my, my talent was somewhat, you know, starting to show itself. And uh, Coach Fine came up to me and felt like I, I was a good kid. Um, I was somebody that was coachable. Um, all the things that he used to preach, I, I really practiced, especially on the football field. Um, and he told me, like, if you ever want to come here, you have a scholarship available. Um, and he told me this in seventh grade. Um, so I always remembered it. We always kept in touch. Um, but one thing that really stood out for me was, when I got hurt and everybody, you know, ran and didn't have faith um, and wanted to, you know, take a chance on me, he was the only one that did. He offered me a scholarship. He gave me confidence. He told me, I have no doubt in my mind that you will come back from this knee injury um, better than you ever have. Um, you come here and play whatever you want to play. Uh, I actually got recruited to play DB at Bryant. Um, and then I came in, they, I actually showed them my highlight tape of me playing running back. And he said, listen, you can play wherever you want. Um, so day at camp, I came in, I saw there were about 20 DBs and there were about six running backs. So I, you know, law averages, uh, and I ended up choosing my, choosing my side and, um, you know, it was all she wrote, but I mean, Brown university in itself, um, very special place in my heart. Um, unfortunately coach fine wasn't able to be there, um, while we're actually here right now talking on the phone, but, um, or at least on this interview, but he, uh, his stamp and all the players that he's played for him beyond i mean past present and future his stamp will forever be there yes coach fine will forever be known as the coach who brought bryant up to the division one level and almost immediately had success at the division one level um and you were somebody who had success from the start at bryant i mentioned that uh you know, in 2010, you had over 1,400 yards rushing. I mentioned that 2011 season uh, because that was a special one in the fact that you had 2,500 all-purpose yards. That was an NEC single-season record, still is to this day. 1,815 rushing yards in 2011, third all-time on the NEC single season list still today for your career 4238 rush yards and 6788 all-purpose yards that was the career record when you graduated and to this day it's still the NEC career record for all-purpose yardage I, I mentioned that. that 2011 season the team did well too uh, seven wins, um, five and three in the NEC. Let me just cut to the chase right here, Jordan. What made you so good at Bryant? What allowed you to rack up over 6,700 all-purpose yards and to help 
a team that was transitioning win a lot of games and take on division one teams that had had been division one and had been established for a while. And then, Hey, the new dogs on the block are here. And, uh, obviously people took notice, but what led to that success? What's your secret? Yeah, man. I, it's funny you say that, uh, now that I think about it, but I mean, when I stepped on campus, um, at Bryan, at first practice, uh, it was a team, just the environment, the the, the people. Um, and the cool thing is, it's always nice when you're a, a true freshman, you walk in and you have somebody to go to that's, you know, a senior or somebody that's an upperclassman that you can, you know, hit yourself to and they can teach you the ropes. And I had that guy, um, his guy by the name of Jarrell Smith. Um, he is the one of the best running backs I've ever played with um, to this date. Um, he showed me the ropes. He showed me exactly how to be um, not only a Brian running back, but a better running back. Um, on top of that, Coach Fine had and his whole coaching staff um, all the way down um, had a very good grasp on, you know, a process. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to just make sure that we're going to focus on these select plays. We're going to make sure that we perfect them um, to the best of our ability, because these are going to be the plays that we're going to go to when we need it. Um, 26 power. All right. Syracuse. Okay. Eight and nine. All right. Cruz and Willis protection um, and having play action passes off of that. But those plays in itself and many more helped us, you know, create some type of chemistry. And then on top of that, everybody believed in each other. We went through these things called winter runs and every football team goes through it. But I felt like ours were very particular because coach fine used to purposely tell somebody you didn't finish through when we clearly saw them finish through, but it's just a simple fact that you're going through the grind with your brothers. You're going through the grind with somebody, especially nowadays where COVID is a situation where you're going to find out if anybody's really, or if anybody is really about themselves um, or they are really about the team. Okay. If they're going out partying. All right. You already obviously know um, these COVID cases are coming out, coming about, we can easily figure out why, because somebody is doing their own thing. Uh, my arena football coach, Victor Mann, always used to say, anybody that starts to do their own thing, that's exactly when disaster happens. Um, but back to the Bryant side, I took his, I took Jarrell's coach and I took Coach Fine's coach and every coach that I've played for. And I mastered it and I put it all together. Um, and I just let, I just had fun. Um, at the end of the day, I stayed in the moment. Um, I took the coach and I took the plays and, you know, my talent was there and it, it, it took over. And especially when you know what you're doing, you're doing that at a fast pace. Coach Fine, I always used to say, play fast, play fast. Well, I love playing fast. I love to go fast. I love fast cars. I love doing everything at a fast pace. So every time I got the ball, I always felt like I could score. Always. No matter if it was a two-yard game or a 70, 80-yard run. I knew exactly when I got the ball, something special could happen. So with all that being said, I always felt like that junior year was something right. My sophomore year was my coming out party. All right. But then junior year, it was like, all right, it's, it's now or never. Um, and on top of that, we lost. The only thing I'm really upset about was that was the team that could win the championship. We still don't have a conference championship underneath our belt. Um, and there's been plenty of, plenty of great teams that have come through Bryant, but I felt like that's, one could have done it and we and if we were eligible to go to the playoffs i honestly felt like we could have probably made some noise um down the road there so 
one regret I have, and I still talk to some of my teammates nowadays, you remember Shavoy Lawrence, the Jeremy Woodson, those guys out um, that I used to play with. We still talk about those days. And I don't need to tell you because you would know better than anybody how much of a team game football is mm -hmm. and how it requires some selflessness and sacrifice amongst teammates uh, to succeed. And you mentioned, of course, in the, in the age of COVID, that has taken on an even greater meaning. Um, and you started right there mentioning Jeremy Woodson, the defensive back. I want to talk about some of those teams and those teammates that you had. Uh, yep. Obviously, 2009 is your freshman year. That's Bryant's first year of playing a full Division I schedule. Yep. Um, you got your feet wet, got a few carries, but uh, Jarrell Smith was the main man in the backfield. You mentioned him. He was a bit of a mentor to you. Uh, then 2010, you go over 1,400 yards. We know what happened in 2011. Another good year, another 1,000-yard season in 2012. But what about some of those other players that you played with? Um, who were some of the, the, the most impressive guys uh, out on the field or, or just some guys that you remember? I know, I mean, there were some studs. I mean, you had a guy, uh, Matt Tracy, big mm -hmm. tight end. Um, he was an all-conference player. Jordan Harris, uh, over, I think, over 3,500 receiving yards. Um, and Jordan was someone, I believe he was a year younger than you. He was right. someone who played in NFL preseason with the St. Louis Rams. Um, mm -hmm. What are some of the names that you remember from that era? Um, you know, some of the, the fiercest Bulldogs from that time. Absolutely. So my freshman year, of course, I mentioned him already, Jarrell Smith, number five. Um, before that, you had Lorenzo Perry, um, who was actually my co uh, camp coordinator at offense defense camp um, at Bryan University. But then you talk about, you know, treat, uh, Money, all right, Matt Tracy, okay, that was my man, uh, Matt, uh, Mike Kroos, okay, uh, that was one guy, um, as far as quarterback wise. Every time he came into the huddle, I felt like we could, like, we could really do something, all right, I believed in him, all right, his eyes, every time he said a play, like, I felt like he. Like he really, really cared. Um, you got a Jordan Harris, I mean, that's generational talents. Um, I actually was part of the, the crew that helped recruit him, um, get him to say yes. So I felt like I had somewhat of a part in that. Um, I remember a guy named Addison Lynch. Um, he was a guy that actually helped me say yes to Bryant, um, came in and, and showed me the ropes um, as well as Jarrell did. Um, I mentioned uh, Jer Jeremy Woodson. Um, that is one kid that I will bet any amount of money against, all right? Anybody could race him, uh, compete against him, and I guarantee you he'll come out on top, all right? No matter how small that man plays like he is six, seven foot, all right? On the football field, that's, a, that's pretty tall, but for his will and the position that he plays, I feel like cornerback is one of the toughest positions on the field. Um, I, I commend him and all the praises to that man. Um, a guy by the name of Rico McCray, another NEC player of the year um, as well. He, his talent. Was, you kind of passed the torch to him there. Uh, he was, I believe, the NEC player of the year in either 2014 or 2015. Yes, he uh, was. 
maybe even a little later. So, but yeah, a Rhode Island guy, another great running back. Mm-hmm. You got him. Um, Jason Reif, uh, linebacker. linebacker. Yes, he was. Jason Reif was a man. I mean, he, he was somebody in practice that I always wanted to go up against because I knew it would make me better. But also on the back of my head, I'm like, I better come with it because if I don't, I will be on my behind. All right. So that's somebody that you want to have on your team. Um, there's many other people. And I apologize for if I'm drawing a blank, but those are some of the guys that really, really stand out to me. Um, on top of that, uh, you know, the coaches as well. Coach Fine, like I mentioned, um, uh, Chris Woods, Coach Greg Gingantino, um, guys like that, that definitely helped my career, you know, take off. Um, and it was something that I'm, like I said, I'm very blessed with. Um, from now and you know forever um i got a chance to go to a coaches convention um, a couple years back i ended up meeting now every single one of the coaches i played with at some point in time during my brian career um and took a picture with every single one of them but you know you don't really take advantage of the time with them when you're there because you think four years is a long time but it actually goes by like that but then when you actually meet them you know later on in life you really appreciate what they did for you. And, and that, I am a true testament uh, of one of those people. So um, some of those guys, I mean, I can't say much enough. I mean, I, Brian is in a really, really good spot. Um, I, I don't know if you've been back to the, to the school yet, but the, uh, the facilities are amazing. Um, got lights on the field now. It would have been so cool to have a night game while I was playing. Um, but the overall direction, just got a new president. Um, shout out to President Minkley for all that he did in the 150 years uh, history of Bryant. Um, but all in all, I mean, I am a proud alum of Bryant University. Um, is there one particular game that sticks out in your mind or one particular victory that was just so sweet um, for any reason that, that, that you still remember and you still savor? Yeah. Um, Ironically, uh, we talked about Sacred Heart where my little brother Julius Brown went. So him and I are family rivals, but um, we played Sacred Heart my junior, was it my junior year? Yep, my junior year. Uh, no, it was, my, it was my junior or sophomore year. Um, they came to Bryant. Um, we were down 24 to seven with about eight minutes left um, in the fourth quarter. Uh, it's, you know, enough time to come back, but I mean, we really needed some, some breaks to go our way. And we actually got all those breaks. Um, we, you know, we stuck to the plan. Um, ironically, we didn't, we were a, we're a run heavy offense, but when we needed to pass, we could. And thank God we had guys like Jordan Harris, um, uh, Matt Tracy uh, to get down the field, uh, uh, Khalil Pritchard, or who we call Scoot number four, uh, to get down the field. Um, but then also we had a very, very successful tough offensive line uh, and those are the people I you know to go back to your previous question uh, I wanted to thank every single offensive lineman I played for played with um, opening holes up for me because I if it wasn't for them there is no Jordan Brown at all that's a period um, on that but um, we were we were driving and we ended up scoring I think I scored on a nice little touchdown right on around the end of the corner um, going in towards the south end zone uh, which made it 24 14 and then we ended up getting a uh, an onside kick um, perfect kick I mean you know obviously offside kicks nowadays you honestly got to get the perfect bounce which we did um, we ended up getting the ball back Matt Tracy ends up scoring then from there we end up um, 
I think Sacred Heart, we ended up getting a couple uh, stops on top of that. And then um, we ended up forcing them to punt. And that punt came my way. Jeremy and I are actually in the back. Uh, I remember like it was yesterday. We're going, we looking at each other like, who, who wants to take it? Who wants to take it? I ended up just making the executive decision and caught the ball. And if you watch the play, I went away from my blocking. But I saw Lane, and I love punt return. People, Some people say they hate it because you you honestly looking up and you can't see who's coming. But I love it because as soon as I get the ball, you make a couple moves, you off to the races. And that's exactly what happened. Came down the left sideline, got a nice block from Jordan Harris um, as well. And I scored and took the lead. We ended up winning 25 to 24. Uh, so it was that is one game that I will forever will remember um, out of the many games that we won, um, even some of the losses um, that we took. Um, every college game I play, I remember. I was uh, able to quickly reference the box score from that day, October 9th, 2010. Ryan trailing 24 to 7 in the fourth quarter. Like you said, scored the last three unanswered. You had a two-yard touchdown run with seven minutes and four seconds left. And then the punt return, 73-yard punt return touchdown with five minutes to go to give Bryant the lead. Yeah, it was crazy. And as we would find out, that wouldn't be the first punt return touchdown you had against Sacred Heart. The next year on an NEC primetime game, you took one to the house um, as well. So – Definitely, uh, you must have enjoyed playing against the Pioneers. Uh, yes, uh, I think I have a, a, a pretty good game. I don't think we lost to them uh, in my four years. We never lost, which is awesome. Now, just moving off the field for a second, um, outside of football, what is one of your fondest memories of Bryant University or um, with your teammates uh, off the field? Oh, well, honestly, I mean, it still has to relate to football, but off the field, um, after every game, um, my dad, uh, my family, but my dad used to put on these fantastic tailgates. I mean, I, I, I'm actually a little upset that you weren't able to uh, experience them, but we were, he would park at the end of the parking lot, um, actually by where the visitors um, used to park their bus. Um, and we would, it'd be a whole extravagant setup, um, fried chicken, shrimp fried rice, ribs, salad, whatever, any drink you could have and imagine, he had it. He had the grill hooked up to the back of the truck, but what was always nice is to be able to come out, win, lose, or draw, come out and be loved by, by my family. Um, of course, all of my teammates, my roommates that I was living with, they always would come as well. Um, and it would get to a point where it was just tradition. And I love tradition. I love, I'm a big fan of that. Um, never get, you know, too far away from your roots. Um, but it was something I look forward to. I get to the point where my dad used to call. I was like, I got the chicken ready. I got everything marinated. We ready to go. You ready to go? We looking for Brian W. so we can celebrate and eat all this food and have a good time. That's exactly what I, I remember. I also remember um, just spring football, um, springtime in general, the spring semester, um, just looking forward to going into the summer, but looking just talking with my teammates, talking with some of the close guys I used to hang out with, um, 
uh, on the team and just showing like, listen, like we are trying to build something here. Uh, yes, we're not able to go to the playoffs. And of course that always ran in our heads, but that never was the case. Like I never thought about that when I was playing, which was cool. Um, the only year that I really thought about it was the year I was leading the country in Russia. And, and hopefully, I, unfortunately it wasn't recognized because we weren't D1, but that was the only time I actually saw it. Cause I, I mean, I, it was something that was, Pretty cool. I mean, representing a school that isn't being D1, you got a, a, a player that is at the top of a, a national recognized list. Um, that was something I was a little upset about, but hey, this, it is what it is. Um, yeah. Well, with that said, um, you know, the official NCAA statistical rules prevented you from being recognized as an NCAA statistical champion that year. Um, but the good news was. Uh, there were other organizations, uh, in particular, it was the Sports Network then, now it's called Stats, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, they gave you All-America recognition, and you were an official candidate and finalist uh, for the Walter Payton Award, uh, yes. which goes to the top FCS offensive player on an annual basis. Of course, I know... Um, he was a little bit before your time, but uh, it still has to be pretty cool to be mentioned in the same sentence as Walter Payton, be up for an award uh, in his namesake. I mean, sweetness, uh, yeah. one of the all-time greatest um, yes. top five rusher. I believe he's number two, actually, in NFL yep. history, only behind Emmett Smith. And, of course, uh, he did a lot of great things at Jackson State which is an HBCU, uh, mm -hmm. it's an FCS school now. So that is why the top honor in the FCS is named the Walter Payton Award. But I mean, still, it, it had to be annoying or disappointing about the, the, the NCAA statistical ranking, but uh, you had to take some consolation in being an official finalist for the Walter Payton Award, no? Yeah, I mean, that's the Heisman Trophy for our level. Um, when I found out that I was named a finalist, I mean, that was something very surreal to me. Um, it was something that I took pride in. I tried my best to stay in the moment. Um, but of course, I mean, I got very excited about it. Called my pops, um, called all my family, let them know. Um, but this is, that was something very special. And I was very honored to have Brian University on the front of my jersey, um, as you can see, uh, to be able to say that I'm on this list. Um, I wasn't the only one. I think Jordan Harris was able to get reach that list as well throughout his career. So it was awesome to, and then on top of that, I finished top 10 in it too. So, I mean, people saw, I mean, and I always say talent can never be ignored. If you have the talent, they will find you. And uh, you mentioned you finished top 10 in the voting. Um, I believe there are about 20 to 25 uh, national finalists on an annual basis for that award. And, uh, Obviously, some previous winners, Tony Romo, mm -hmm. uh, the late Steve McNair, um, um, Ryan Westbrook, the, yep. uh, the accomplished uh, running back for the Philadelphia Eagles, who yes. started Villanova. I know you're an Eagles guy. Um, so, of course, you know, remember Westbrook. Um, but, yeah, qu quite an honor. And I guess the way we'll wrap up this conversation – um, it's, it's, of course, our I Was an NEC Student Athlete 40th Anniversary Series. And uh, we really appreciate you joining us. 
the way we'll wrap it up today is um, we'll talk about one accomplishment in particular. Obviously, you've accomplished so much on the football field, in your career, off the field. Um, but all of this that you accomplished, all the accolades, the Walter Payton watch list, the All-America, the NEC Player of the Year, just the fact that you have a Bryant University degree, uh, mm -hmm. the fact that you were recruited and played Division I football, uh, so many things you've accomplished, and certainly not a lot of people can say that. What is the one accomplishment that you are most proud of? Honestly, I'm most proud of being able to represent my family and the Brown family name to be forever cemented at Brown University with that Hall of Fame induction. Um, that is one thing that I have, it still feels very surreal. Um, I think, you know, when I'm 67 years, 67 years old, I got a couple kids running around here. Um, you know, hopefully they're going through the same thing I, I went through when I was at you know, a young kid, um, I can go back and show them, like, listen, like, when you work hard and you put your mind to something, no matter what adversity comes around, um, you can make things happen. Um, you control what your destiny lies, all right? Um, one thing that God has always told me was, listen, I'm, I'm going to guide you. I'm going to give you everything that you need as far as tools-wise. It's your up to you to take advantage of it. Um, one thing that I sat up there and really took in was the love and all the family and friends that came out and supported me. Um, I got to see people from different parts of my career there helping me, that helped me get to that point. And some of them that weren't. Um, but those mainstays that were always there, no matter what happened, um, and then to have that final culmination to sit up there and be recognized as a Hall of Fame athlete, and not just on the field, but off, and everything that you just said from, you know, the youth level to the high school level to me in college, and then me playing for the Texas Revolution organization, um, all came to, you know, one culminating end. Um, and I'm very proud to, uh, to be a Brown University athlete. Um, I'm very proud to be an NEC uh, alum, um, and I'm very proud to be a, a, a part of the Brown family. Um, but more than so, in itself, I'm very proud to have played the game of football um, and continue to play it in some way, shape, or form. And now I'm a flag football player now, which is crazy. Um, but I still have my helmet, still have my pads. So if anybody ever wants to pick me up, I'm ready to go. I feel still feel like I could take 25 carries and go over 2,000 yards. I'm still mad about that. I wasn't able to do that. But I know for a fact, I believe in myself and as somebody that um, can sit up here and say I'm fully confident. But one thing you wouldn't, this ain't the last of you heard of Jordan Brown. It's not the last. I'm sure uh, Coach Chris Merritt over at Bryant uh, would love to get you in that backfield if we could find some more eligibility uh, <laughs> in some way or form. But with that said, Jordan, it's been a real pleasure it was a pleasure following your career while you were here. And now nearly 10 years later, we get to revisit it. Um, and uh, thank you for sharing all these memories with us and with the NEC fans. And we hope to uh, see you at a tailgate up in Smithfield sometime in the future, uh, whether it's this spring or next fall or sometime in the post-COVID era. We need to get that cookout going uh, up there in the parking lot. So 
Uh, hope to see you uh, at some point in the future. And thank you very much for taking some time to join us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And uh, go NEC and go Bulldogs. All right. That's Jordan Brown, 2011 Offensive NEC Player of the Year, former All-American running back, Bryant University alumnus. And we thank him for joining us on I Was an NEC Athlete 40th Anniversary Series.